Welcome to the Share Chair podcast, where we tell each other stories and learn from listening. We recently had a middle school listener send in a recording of her personal essay on how it is to be of a different ethnicity in her school. We are happy to share it with you immediately following our discussion with Mr. Koganauer. Mr. Kokenauer. Oh my, yeah, that's me. <laughs> Welcome to the Share Chair podcast. Well, thank you. Yeah, it's good to have you here. So I have to say, like, you know, I go, I, I'll tell you, when I'm, when I'm reminiscing about you, Ooh. I go back to 1995. Yeah. Was that year one? That was for year you? one. 94, 95, 94, 95. Year one. Which was my senior year, yes, 94, 95. I remember and it well. Wasn't that just yesterday? <laughs> You're retiring. I am. Congratulations. Thank you. How does it feel? You're a we- I mean, how- um, let's start there, and then we can go work back. But, like, man, I mean, next Friday, the 8th, I mean, that's it. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I do have to do a few sure. s- testing things sure. after that. Uh, but, but officially really that, that really is it. I don't, I mean, my tasks always have been to make sure that every student has a complete schedule by the time I leave. Mm -hmm. And in my brain, I wouldn't do it anything, anything differently, uh, because I'm not coming back. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was here a lot during the summer anyway. Mm -hmm. Uh, so, but, uh, not coming back, that sounds a little weird, uh, (laughs) but I still, I still have some things to do. So, um, and since the state track meet is on Friday, I still have that to to do. Mm-hmm. And so their end of the year things don't stop. I mean, uh, so really for me, procedurally, really nothing's different. Added yeah. paperwork for the you know ORS, the Office of uh, you know or Retirement Services, I guess, and some some things like that. But but really, um, the, the duties and the the tasks and the responsibility, none of that stopped. So, you know, it hasn't really hit me, if you think about it sure, that way. Sure, yeah, in that way, right. It's it's probably going to hit, or I would guess it would hit when the next year starts and you're not rolling and in. And I'll be having another cup of coffee, sitting on the <laughs> deck, watching the clouds go by. Hey, and now. Saying, what do I need to do? <laughs> hmm, no, maybe I don't. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's that, what a feeling that's going to be. I can't imagine, frankly. Yeah. How did you... How did you come to this decision? Um, I mean, when when did it? I think I think maybe this is even catching. So I don't know. The school's known for maybe a month or a couple yeah. months, but but feels like a sort of fresh it's, it's, decision. Yeah, it's real new. It, it came on suddenly, basically in support of my wife, and so I wasn't planning to retire at the end, the beginning of this year. And I, you know, I would like to think I still have a couple of years in me anyway. I mean, and I'm reasonably good in good health reasonably and still have some energy and uh what's the word david passion yeah. for it <laughs> but um it, it just, circumstances just kind of kind of kept piling up and uh most of the most of it uh, really was that the conversations that i've had with my wife over the past couple years uh, just uh it's it's different education being the it it is it seemingly different than it was uh, so many years ago, um, mm. especially uh, her as an elementary school teacher, it, that is probably one of the hardest jobs in education. Uh, all the things that they are responsible for, new curriculum and dibbles and this testing and that testing, and they're, they're just, they're beset with all kinds of duties. Mm-hmm. And um, she 
we just decided, you know, that, that was, so we started talking about it. Um, the big thing was at the time that her mom and dad were living in Holland mm-hmm. at, a, at a healthcare place. They were in very poor health, uh, my wife Angela being the primary caregiver. Right? Okay. And so she was there every single day yeah. and, uh, you know, catered to them and just kind of, was, she was with them. She's the default caregiver because the family in closest family. Uh, anyway, uh, we decided because my daughter, third year college student, uh, Central College, Pella, mm-hmm. Iowa. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think PH yeah. right there. <laughs> you know, I looked at there. I looked at Central. Did you? Yeah, but didn't go. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, Hope, I mean, it's a Hope lookalike. It's, <laughs> I call it like Hope Light. It, it's it really, Hope Light, yeah. And, I, and that, you know, I lived in Iowa before moving to Michigan. Uh, anyway, yeah. So, uh, long story short, uh, my daughter is a double major, uh, um, psychology French. So she had to do a semester abroad. Oh, darn. So she, yeah. So this beginning of this year, she went to Paris and spent the first uh, semester in Paris studying. And my wife says, well, let's go to Paris. Yeah. And I said, uh, no, <laughs> because, well, we had too much to, I mean, you know, it's Thanksgiving. It's not a very large time frame. You know, your folks are still ill. You yeah. got stuff to do. I'm, I'm buried. Yeah. Let's... You know, but then I, you know, I just thought to myself one day on the way to school, I thought, you know, why am I fighting this? Geez, it's never going to happen. My daughter's abroad. We can go there. We, I mean, our passports are valid. Um, let's, you know, so I, I pulled a 180 and said, okay, well, let's go and supported yeah. it. And so we did. And three days into the, the week, her father dies. Wow. And three days later, her mom dies. Incredible. And so uh, so there we were in a hotel room in Paris calling the, the funeral home and doing the arrangements Incredible. and all that stuff. So that, that was probably the catalyst, really. That was kind of the thing that, that, that's, that started to finalize the decision. She... Well, yeah. Why well, draw that draw that connection for me? That the passing of her parents leads then to uh, retirement. Well, or? just I don't know. That's the way I've thought about it. That it, it's just the events and all the things surrounding the events and the the added responsibilities and um, just um, duties. And I, I guess you know I, I don't know if I can draw a, a real straight line that connects those things but it you know I don't know that it that there is one to be drawn I, I just know that 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 was one of the major things that started to think about life I mean as we started to think about life I think it was what it was yeah it's just like wait a sec all right we we love those people she I mean it's her mom and dad mm. and and uh, we saw them daily and, and and we thought you know we part of the thinking is I, I want to be able to enjoy retire you know that last third of life um while i'm still young because you hear so many stories about people retiring and then you know they uh, after a long long run and then uh you know just falling ill and kind of withering and not doing anything with the time that they have and so we were bound and determined that that's not going to be us and so it was a so so strong emotion is good never been afraid of it and and embrace it yeah uh, if it comes with tears, then it comes with tears. Yeah. And so where do you think is that from? Are uh, those memories that are coming to you, or are they like? I um, think it's a. I think it's a mish. Uh, it's a. It's a big mosh of stuff. Uh, I think it is nostalgia. I think it's about um, just the, the, uh, 
energy and the passion that one puts into their life, you know. Uh, people do jobs or, or maybe people have careers. Mm -hmm. I think there's a distinction. Mm -hmm. This being, doing what I've done has not been ever a job for me. I mean, mm -hmm. it's your life. It's mm -hmm. what you do. And, and uh, it's your career. It's who you are. Mm -hmm. So those are the things that are the unknowns. It's like our identities are wrapped up so much in what we do mm -hmm. during the day. Yeah. You, you, I am a... Teacher, yeah, yeah. I am a guidance counselor. I am a coach. I am a, you know, whatever, whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, it's not just what I do. Mm. So, so our, I, all of our identities are wrapped up in that. And so, uh, so it's a little bit of nostalgia. It's about um, just, you know, I don't. It's not like putting a. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's like closing a chapter. I, I don't know from where the emotions may come. Um, it's exciting. It's, um, I think what happens is, is I think that there's a flurry of excitement. There's a flurry of knowledge and, and, and things. Oh, you're retiring. Oh, wow, that's a couple questions. And then I've seen enough people retire. What happens is, well, you know, life goes on. <laughs> this institution, this, the people, I mean, it's, I'm a cog in a way. You know, I will be gone. Someone else will be put in. And life will proceed at pace, man. It's not going to change or slow down. Um, there may be some differences initially, but those will be soon forgotten. And off you go. Mm. And, and it's, uh, you, you have to rely, I think, anyway, on, on your own sense of um, did you... Can you look back on the body of work and be proud of it? Yeah. And, and did you do good work? Let's just pretend okay. you've got this audience of endless students through a podcast or something, right? Okay. What do you, you want to say to them? Say to them? Hmm. <laughs> oh, boy. There's a, there's a thought on that. <laughs> um, Rise to the expectation. Um, don't be a jerk to your mom. <laughs> um, I guess it's about uh, respecting others. We hope you've enjoyed our discussion with Mr. Kogrenauer. And now we move on to our middle school listeners' important essay. Stereotypical middle school. Have any black friend doesn't mean you have the authority to use the N-word. Just because a girl likes someone that's black doesn't make it right to say she has came down with jungle fever. Growing up, we are told that we are all equal. Obviously, as kids, we don't understand why we are all different colors in terms of our skin. We don't really think about it until we get older. We have phones, and that's because we then get introduced into the world, and stereotypes start to erupt into our minds. I am a very opinionated person, but it takes a lot of courage for me to actually speak up and say something when I get offended. It wasn't until I really opened my eyes to the racial profiling. As this generation might explain a basic white girl, they might say something like, a white girl that wears pink, ripped jeans, black Nike socks, Converse, or Vans, and with one of those lanyards wrapped around their necks or anything along those lines, meaning if you wear anything, anything at all close to that, they will call you white no matter your color. My own 
friends have called me white because I enjoy looking trendy because I think trendy clothes are cute as any middle school girl would but that doesn't mean you have to stab the label white in me. I am pure Mexican. I was born and raised in Texas. A majority of my family is from Mexico and Texas. One of my very close friends has even once told me that all Mexico is involved with is spicy food and crime. She's not going to understand that that's going to offend me because half of my family is from Mexico. My own father was born in Mexico. Saying that it's just involved with crime is very insulting to me and frankly, I didn't know how to respond. I tried to help her understand, but she just couldn't and probably wouldn't be able to. People have even called my cousin and I dirty beaners because we get offended from racist jokes thrown around about Mexicans. For example, saying the only reason Mexicans are fast is because they know how to run across borders. For calling us fast in a way that you should get slapped for, thanks. For the record, in saying that I'm the whitest Mexican you have ever seen isn't exactly a compliment because my family didn't and doesn't go through what they did for me to be called a different race. I could go on about asking these people what they mean by saying these things because coming from a Mexican, using the phrase, well, you're not Mexican enough to be Mexican isn't exactly an answer. I'm not going to apologize for not fitting a stereotype people think Mexicans are supposed to fill, or because I fit into one you think belongs to a basic white girl. I don't think as a middle school girl I would need to protest against racial profiling. I didn't think I would need to resort to holding a poster above my head reading, I'm Mexican. To those who are reading this and understand my frustration, thank the Lord. It just, it's these moments that make my body tense and my head starts to spin because I just can't seem to put two and two together to as why or who thought saying these things were okay or funny to say. The fact that I have brought up being called white to my friends and hope for them to support me through these times, but it turns out they were part of the problem. These five friends are always there for me and they always know how to put a smile, smile on my face and make me laugh until my stomach physically hurts. They are so understanding, but when it comes to things like this, it crushes me knowing they don't understand the toll it takes on me. To be called a different color is like taking my dignity away from me. It's like they don't really know who I am. To be put in these situations makes me feel so empty, but it also makes my blood boil and my fingers would tingle. They know who they are and they know how I feel about it, but it doesn't stop. It never does and it never will because people think these types of things are just jokes and pointless. These moments have happened multiple times than I have mentioned in this paper, and I know for a fact there will be more in the future. 
but for now I can tell everyone reading this that I will stick up for myself. I will not be silenced by some immature middle schoolers. I wrote this story to express my frustration to not only to the people in this story, but for those who sat there, saw it happening, and did nothing. Racial profiling might seem like some joke, and you might think it's funny, but for those who have been affected can explain how these jokes are very insulting. So in conclusion, people are born the way they are for a reason. And you, and if you have something insulting or offensive to say about them, don't, because I'm more than positive they could care less.